Hi, it's John from CEO Raider. Visit us online at CEORator.com. CEO Raider is the only place where customers, employees, and investors may share their opinion about a particular company or CEO anonymously. We're the only place that brings those three stakeholder groups together. Check us out online at CEORator.com. Today, I wanted to speak about courage of conviction and remaining steadfast in your, your belief uh, in the face of adversity. And I think this is something that entrepreneurs have to deal with regularly. Uh, uh, CEOs of large public companies have to, have to deal with as, as well. Um, it, it, it's rare. I think that you see it demonstrated. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing for CEOs to make difficult decisions when their own skin is on the line. Um, I, I would argue that those decisions aren't terribly difficult because uh, many CEOs put self first, um, even in, in cases where their own uh, weaknesses or, or blind spots may have led to the circumstance that forces them to make that quote-unquote difficult decision. For example, a CEO having to reduce employee headcount because a large customer announced that they will no longer uh, use your product and service or service and, and perhaps you know that came about because you as the CEO decided not to invest in that product or service and it became stale and so therefore that that particular large customer is is, is walking um, maybe a case where uh, there are going to be heavy employee cuts because there are mass customer defections again because you know maybe your product or services is, is no longer relevant the market changes rapidly and you made the strategic decision not to invest because you wanted to milk every last dollar of profit out of the product didn't keep it fresh lost its relevancy and now you have to cut you know 500 heads so you know from my perspective i would argue that those decisions are easy for a ceo to make because if a ceo doesn't write the cost infrastructure and make those headcount cuts and keep the profitability promises that it made to Wall Street, that he or she made to Wall Street, that the company made to Wall Street, then that CEO is probably going to find themselves out of a job. So I, I think those decisions are, are relatively uh, easy to make. A uh, couple of examples, IBM under current CEO Ginny Rometty has had, had a number of restructurings as, as you know, they were slow to adopt the cloud. Uh, they wanted to push into this analytics space, space with Watson. They did so primarily not by you know, driving organic revenue growth. I would argue that it's, that it's early in this analytics market, this advanced analytics market. And, and they, uh, the way IBM sort of built its Watson business is by acquiring a bunch of, uh, I would argue, legacy analytics companies like SPSS, like Unica, roll them up into uh, the, the Watson group. And as a result, uh, a number of restructurings uh, followed. Um, uh, Microsoft is one that comes to mind under former CEO Steve Ballmer. You know, they were slow to adopt the cloud. Uh, they were slow to adopt uh, mobile. Um, you know, they tried to get into mobile by acquiring Nokia, so on and so forth. A lot of, uh, you know, missteps combined with being late to the party and a number of restructurings. And, um, you know, in the case of Balmer, he ultimately left, would love to see Ginny Rometty leave IBM, but weak board of directors, none of which have industry experience. I doubt she'll leave anytime soon. Uh, more difficult decisions for the CEO 
the ones that you know take real courage and conviction, those are the decisions that won't be popular with investors in the near term. But you know, as CEO, you believe those decisions will pay significant dividends in the, in the long term. So a couple of examples, if you remember in, in years previous where um, investors would complain that Jeff Bezos at, at Amazon was investing too much in distribution centers, um, you know, he's pushing off near-term profitability. When when was able to show uh, cash flow growth, profitability growth, so on and so forth. You know, Bezos took the long view. You know, the very long view, uh, something that investors of all shapes and sizes rarely do. And Bezos was right. You know, he was right. And today, you know, Amazon could do no wrong, whether it's uh, producing original video content. Uh, whether it's um, uh, manufacturing devices with which to consume that content, whether it's uh, rolling out utility-like services such as uh, AWS, uh, which happens to be the largest and fastest-growing service in, in that space, whether it's acquiring Whole Foods, uh, the company is the Wall Street darling now. Um, oh, and by the way, you know th- those those decisions that that Bezos made uh, years ago to expand distribution capability and Amazon's footprint in terms of uh, physical distribution, uh, enable the company to make some of the investments that it's making today in these, in these other spaces. Um, uh, just another example that sort of comes to mind, if, uh, you know, I'm sure many of you are uh, customers of Netflix and you know, founder Reed Hastings and the company um, you know, took some slack uh, you know, several years ago when the company wanted to push uh, heavily into sort of over-the-top OTT and migrate away from the DVD business and investors, you know, uh, stock traded off. If you remember, Carl Icahn stepped in, tried to push the company to, to sell itself. I think, you know, Microsoft at the time was, was where Icahn was trying to push the company. You know, the argument was, don't necessarily disagree with the strategy, but Netflix is, is, is too small to go at it themselves. So on and so forth, and of course, you know Netflix, the enterprise value of that company has has returned many multiples on the original investment, and returned many multiples on the investment just you know as of a, a few short short years ago. So uh, kudos to 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 Reed Hastings uh, for not caving in to short term Wall Street pressure, um, to have, for having the courage and conviction to, to 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 invest when investing was not the popular decision. To invest when the quote unquote you know brainiacs on Wall Street thought that the smart thing to do was to to show near term profits you know just from my experience, very rarely is is Wall Street, whether it's the buy side or the sell side ever right in terms of what's best for your business. They just want you know growth and profitability, and the more growth and profitability you can give them today, the better you know some of that is is uh not some of that. Much of that is political. I mean, you want to own things that are, are growing in terms of top line growth and, and profitability. Um, it, it's easier to buy those type of companies into your portfolio if they're growing in the near term because uh, they don't require you having to defend uh, the position uh, to your uh, portfolio managers and chief investment officers. So from a political standpoint, it's a lot easier to, to, to make the buy decision on those companies. 
so Wall Street, you know, letting them dictate what's best for your company is a little bit like allowing the tail to wag the dog. Um, just another example that comes to mind, it, it was just a few months ago, uh, maybe as much as a year ago at this point, where um, uh, Mark Benioff at, at Salesforce.com wanted to acquire Twitter, which I would have loved to have seen happen. I don't own shares of Twitter, full disclosure. I'm not long, I'm not short, but... Uh, there's a treasure trove of customer data within Twitter. Not to mention there's an embedded video platform within Twitter. And cl- clearly, video is the language of, of, of today as opposed, to, uh, as opposed to text. And so I, I just think that would have been a wonderful acquisition for Salesforce to make. Uh, you know, investors push back hard. You know, Twitter doesn't really kind of know what its strategy is, uh, you know, user growth is slowing, user growth is falling off, um, you know, profitability isn't great, you know, why do you want to acquire this thing? And from my point of view, again, there's a treasure trove of customer data, which is what Salesforce.com is all about, CRM, they're in the CRM space, that are a leader in that space, customer relationship management, um, and, and, and by adding Twitter's data set is only going to increase the value of the data set that's already inherent within the Salesforce platform. So it's sort of a case where one plus one equals some number greater than two. But, you know, Salesforce caved, not the end of the world, but they, they allowed the, the, the street to dictate strategy, which is never the right thing to do, or really the right thing to do. So those are several examples where, you know, all in the public markets where, uh, you know, CEOs either did the right thing or did not do the right thing in the face of adversity. Uh, something that uh, private companies have to deal with. Um, something that uh, not just CEOs have to deal with. But at the end of the day, you know, my advice from experience through observing a lot of this stuff, through through living some of this stuff, as I tell the CEO Raider story, is that if people just don't don't get it, but you know it to be true, you, you've got to push. And as I said before, you know, when you get sick of hearing yourself speak about it, you know, it's only then that the people on the other side will, will, will start to get it, quote unquote. Until next time.